Welcome to episode 98 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host on an extremely creaky chair, Dalton Willie and producer Johnny Fam. Guys, I know we've uh, we were absent last week because it just didn't feel like a football appropriate uh, week, but we are back with with a fun show ahead, looking back at some preseason calls, maybe name a fantasy LVP and MVP, some playoff predictions. Uh, Dalton, how are you doing? And how are you feeling about the real life playoffs now that the fantasy season is done? Uh, I do feel like because we didn't have a podcast last week, it does need to be mentioned that I am back to dynasty champion in Evan and I's league. Very important information that was not shared. So just throwing that out there to the listeners. Uh, Mm-hmm. Just remember, Evan was tanking allegedly this year, so he can uh, do whatever alleged, he wants with allegedly. those four picks he has in the first round of the rookie draft this season. <laughs> um, but real playoffs, the, I'm not going to lie, this weekend, not a lot of exciting matchups. Like the AFC has the better teams, and two of the better teams are missing their starting quarterbacks. And then I think like one of the most exciting games on the slate might be like the Vikings Giants, because I think the Giants could do it. Or I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna predict all these games, and I I I have that one empty. I I don't have a prediction yet. I'm just gonna let the conversation take me to to the prediction. I think I don't know who I think is gonna win that game. I mean, it's gonna be a tough one altogether. I just think at the end of the day, this first round's not the best. I think next week could be a lot more exciting. We have a potential Bengals-Bills game, mm-hmm. um, Chargers-Chiefs. I think the Jaguars-Chargers might be the best game on the slate. I don't know what your thoughts are. Either that or I honestly think the the Bucks and Cowboys will probably be a, a good game. I'm a little confused as to why that's the Monday night game. I feel like the Monday night game – I mean, ESPN must have just paid a boatload for that or something because the Monday night game – it just kind of doesn't feel like the playoffs anymore. Like once it gets that Monday night game, it just feels like a Monday night game. I don't know. I remember that Cardinals, maybe it's because the Cardinals Rams game was literally never a game last year, last year on Monday night. So I don't know, but I feel like they missed an opportunity to put that game in a good primetime weekend spot. But I think that's probably up there with, with the, the Jags and the Chargers. Yeah. I I just wish Lamar Jackson and Tua were playing, and then I think we I feel like those are two really big time upsets we could be seeing. Yeah, um, and we'll 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 touch on on some of that stuff later. But where we should start is just taking a quick look back um, at some preseason calls and some fantasy football preseason calls to be specific. Um, before we get into some of the bad, I do want to note in the Twitter graphic. And I will say it all again now. If you were using us to bet all of your over-unders, congratulations. You made quite a bit of money. I was 17 and 6, Dalton 18 and 5, Johnny 12 and 5. And now that is with the caveat that we are a nice casino that does not count um the the bills and and bangles props that did not hit because of of that game not finishing but guys i mean how does it feel to have such good results on on these props i mean it feels good i we're hitting at 78 percent. at least i am and you're at like mm-hmm. 74 mm-hmm. Th- those are numbers you don't normally get in gambling at all unless you're johnny fam gambler extraordinaire 
Um, you know, and anything really... over fifty percent is just a big W, and I think we just hit it on the mark this year. Mm-hmm. Well, we've said it before. The NFL props market at the start of the season is like the softest market you can get the right bets in on. It's just boring because you have to wait eighteen games for your props to come through. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's and for that reason, it's tough to like want not not just because it's boring because you have to wait, but it's also if you're not betting a lot of money on on these props, it, it's tough to or not betting a lot of money on anything in general. So you're just like me, like I, I bet, but I bet on a pretty small budget relatively speaking so it's like i don't want to tie up half of my money in props that i'm not going to see for months so i, I placed no bets partially because I, I don't think gambling is even legal in kansas when most of these numbers were were posted that that we got but yeah i think the lesson i took from previous years because we had done okay previous years but this was easily our best year um when in doubt lean under because guys are going to miss games uh, that was a lesson that that i learned the hard way i think the last couple of years It's just not as fun to bet under Evan. When you don't bet the over, it's not it's nothing to be excited about. Um, but it feels really good to know uh, after a crazy fantasy season where I think a lot of my takes didn't really end up how I wanted them to, that I could at least get a good grip on the NFL from a, a larger picture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am trying to pull up our Google Doc right now on my phone because my mouse died. So I'm going to have to get my mouse charger. In a second, but pulling up, um, let's see, pulling up our rundown here. So, yeah, like I said, the Jamar Chase and Josh Allen prop, uh, both of those, I, Josh Allen would have for sure hit had they played a, a full 17. Chase was questionable, but we're avoiding it because, you know, why not? A couple of other key props that, I think kind of have some bigger storylines we can touch on. First, we can start. It just makes sense with the Chiefs and with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy's prop, if anybody wants to know why he's such a heavy favorite to be the MVP, his preseason passing yards prop was at 4,500. He blasted through that at about 5,200. So about 700 yards over his prop. And then I think the Chiefs finished 14 and three. And their prop coming into the season was 10 and a half. Not, not on here, not, not for these purposes, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs just have an outstanding year. And then really the other big one is, I mean, talk about a guy we should have really hedged on injury that we did not is DeAndre Swift. I mean, Swift is under his rushing total by multiple hundreds of yards, like two, 300 yards. And, and Dalton, I don't know if you have any big takeaways from that besides maybe what we talked about in some dynasty conversations with Swift, just, just that he, he's not super reliable right now. And I'll let you talk about that while I go find my mouse charger. Yeah. I think the biggest annoyance with Deandre Swift is we, and when I say we, I mean, as a fantasy community and as a podcast took him at face value for his talent and ignored what the coaching staff was doing which we do a lot in fantasy football um, and we just attribute it to bad coaching staff, but Ben Johnson and wow. Lions head coach, Johnny, you got this. Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell are, are a competent coaching staff. And the reason he wasn't getting touches was because he's talented. He can hit home run balls, but at the other end of it, he, he hits the wrong holes a lot of the time and does things that frustrate a coaching staff. This, this mouse charger. <laughs> 
I just have mine plugged in at all times and just plug it in when I need to. I, yeah, I don't know who really like difficult. hides it, but yeah, he like hides it. He's so organized. That's what it must be like to be an adult. Uh, but yeah, it's a frustrating thing. And we knew DeAndre Swift had injury concerns going in, but at the same time, we were over betting on his talent and under betting on his vision, like skills. He has the skills but he just doesn't have the vision at the NFL level right now. He hits the wrong holes and he always goes for the big plays, which result in negative plays, which you just don't want from a coaching staff. And then Jamal Williams is just, he's that guy. He's that dog in him. <laughs> he, uh, I actually heard most of what you said because my headphones were loud enough. Um, I, I think the, the line I dropped in our, in our group chat that I think is pretty accurate when kind of talking about Swift is he has, you mentioned it, the, the the Marlon Mack syndrome of which is what Mack had early in his career where it's like I'm gonna bounce literally everything to the outside and make a big play because I could do that in high school obviously and in college uh as well because he was just that good of an athlete and in the NFL you just have to be more disciplined than that. So outside of the the injury stuff, I, I think that's really what we saw kind of come to a head this year. And I mean speaking of a guy that at, at running back that that things really came to a head early in the season that was cam Akers. he his prop was at about eight i think it was 849 and a half i just shocked that one up as a loss about week week six like there's no way he came pretty close to hitting his prop and if the season were one week longer uh he he would have done it despite missing all all of those games he was about 75 yards over and he or 75 yards under and he was averaging more than that down the stretch of the season, which would have flipped the standings between Dalton and I. But I guess, Dalton, I'm curious, just like this is obviously from a dynasty perspective, but even just thinking redraft next year, we don't know what the Rams are going to look like by any means. But what does Cam Akers' stock kind of look like as we look forward to 2023? I mean, that's a tough one because when you think about it, the Rams are probably the biggest question mark in fantasy football. If Sean McVay leaves, you have to look at the roster as a whole, which is really talent depleted at this point. Mm-hmm. Outside of the wide receiver position, uh, Matthew Stafford becomes a bigger question mark. We've seen him in bad coaching situations, and he hasn't performed as much as we like him to. Again, um, his injuries are starting to add up. He had the back injury this year, and then he also had a back injury in Detroit. Mm-hmm. You don't like to see that, and when the Hall of Fame coach leaves you – if there's a lot of concerns that maybe Stafford just retires. Um, and it doesn't seem like he's going to, but he could be like one more injury away from, yeah. from retiring, certainly. And what you don't like is I kind of saw the leaks today, which uh, they make perfect sense, but the leaks where it's like, well, Sean McVay has no interest in sticking around in a rebuild. So it's like, okay, they're probably going to be pretty bad next year, it seems like. Yeah, which just from another perspective, what a coward. I mean, honestly, like <laughs> you and Les Snead went out there and sold all these picks for your future, and now you're going to drop out when the team needs a rebuild because you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. I mean, and I just called him a Hall of Fame coach. I might question that. He only has two Super Bowl appearances and one win. Um, he's 30, 36. He hardly had time to do anything else. Yeah, well, and apparently he's already tired of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if I were 36 and could win a Super Bowl and then go get paid God knows how much by Amazon, which I'm sure will be what happened because that's what almost happened last offseason, uh, to call games and maybe pump Herb Street off, off the broadcast, I think I would do that too if I were him. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't blame him when it comes to that, really. Um, uh, another one, this was this was a swing 
uh, between between us, and frankly, this is what I deserve uh, for being so wrong on Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Jalen Hurts over. I will say it did. He he hit it, and he had hit it before, um, before the last week. So it wasn't a will he come back and hit it in the last game. But I, I when I was going back and telling me, I was like, oh, did he actually hit it before he came back from injury? But he was over by about fifty yards, and now he ends up about. 250 to 300 yards over and had he played a a full season which is more common for quarterbacks obviously than most positions he he would have blown through this number we've talked about this plenty Jalen Hurts awesome this year Eagles awesome this year I I don't think there's anything Dalton that could happen in the playoffs that are going to change this situation or how we feel about him or A.J. Brown Devontae Smith etc no I mean the only thing that could happen is an offseason like the the Eagles use one of their picks on a quarterback who follows, which would be something that raises some eyebrows, but I can't even see them doing that. He's played far above his ability. And from all the reports, it also sounds like he's a huge advocate in the locker room and kind of the leader you look for mm-hmm. that some other quarterbacks who had good runs like Carson Wentz didn't really have attributed to them. And I think those two together are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster hit the over. Uh He's also a guy that you and I both had as my guys. We we talked about it before pod are are my guys, sleepers and bust. Wasn't uh probably the highlight of our preseason, those 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 sections. But even though Juju slowed down in the end, he still blew through his prop while missing a game, getting hurt and leaving early in another game and having Jarek McKinnon become the best player in the NFL for about a month (laughs) down the stretch and taking away targets and and touchdowns for fantasy. Yeah, well, in all in all, I feel like our – like Juju was the most consistent receiving option in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Other than Travis Kelsey. But Mm -hmm. from the – I feel like the argument we made early on was he was the one receiver you wanted, and I still think that's the truth. Yeah. Um, With Kadarius Toney in the mix, I think my opinion might change next year if Juju does come back. Mm -hmm. But I – But even then, it's like we – even Tony will have more upside, but will we be able to rank Tony ahead of Juju? Because maybe maybe if he stays healthy down the stretch here, but even then, it's like, okay, he played – five, six straight games. That's probably the best he's ever done in the NFL, but we need to see more more than that. But I definitely I definitely get what you're saying on that. Yeah, and I feel like this is a crutch argument, but when he got injured and missed a game, if you look at his game log before that, he was absolutely tearing it up. Yeah, and yeah. he, he and McCole Hardman were both like top 10 receivers. for McCole yeah. Hardman was like the number one for a three-week stretch. And Juju, yeah, he, he was really hitting his groove. Yeah, and then he came back from injury and wasn't doing so hot. And I don't know if that's an aspect of the injury or the play calling, but I, I do think a full season of a healthy Juju, if he re-signs to Kansas City, could be another easy win in fantasy. Yeah, and, you know, Reed is pretty uh, pretty known for easing guys back into it. That's definitely what he did with Juju. His first game back, he hardly played, so that hurts the prop and hurts the fantasy points per game and, you know, all, all of that stuff. And – I don't know. It just seemed like as a Chiefs fan, they could have gone to him more and they just spread the ball out all year long. Like Watson was getting these targets that were driving us crazy. Like it felt like anytime they really needed to hit Juju, like in man to man coverage on that back shoulder throw or just like an over the middle throw, it was pretty much there. 
Like yeah. I, I feel like Gujar could have had a bigger season if they forced it to him, but that's just not the way that they played offense this year, to be frank. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think he's the best value in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to see them cut Justin Watson and yes, but we'll see what they do in this offseason. Uh, Christian Kirk absolutely crushed his his number. He's over 1,108 yards. His over-under was 800 and a half. I know we all three took the over. I don't think any of us probably thought he was going to hit it by 300, but I know we all felt good about about that number, 800 and a half. And we've talked about Ridley. He'll be the number one if he is back to – and in full force, but Kirk had an awesome year and it just speaks to Trevor Lawrence who also breezed by his over by a couple hundred yards uh, in passing as well. The, the leap he took. Yeah. And I want to say this now because it's going to happen when you look at the unrestricted free agent wide receiver class, somebody in the unrestricted wide receiver class is going to get overpaid again. Mm. And just because it's fun to criticize whatever team does that, you can still profit off of their receiving props because it's going to to deflate their props and they're going to be really profitable. Um, That's what happened with Christian Kirk was everybody dunked on it and he became a really quick value really quickly. Yeah. He doesn't deserve wide receiver one money, but they're paying him that way. And he got wide receiver one work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Brees Hall, we very much lucked out on his number, not lucked out by him getting injured, but we lucked out on him hitting his under because he got injured. He he was going to absolutely crush his rushing prop. He was already over halfway there. Obviously blows out his knee, not even halfway through the season, like five games in, six games in, something like that. Feels like a lifetime ago, uh, to be frank. Chase Claypool, his over-under for touchdowns was four and a half. The guy scored one, none since he got to Chicago uh, about six or eight weeks ago. Maybe he scores more if he's still in Pittsburgh, but they threw like 12 touchdowns this year. So I don't think we can say he he was going to hit that number there. So a tough lesson learned on on that low number. Although we did use the same logic, all three of us, on Garrett Wilson over three and a half touchdowns, and he did hit it just barely. Thank you, Mike White and Joe Flacco, for helping us out. Good Lord, he was not going to hit that if it was just Zach Wilson all year. Oh, man. I, I feel good about that one. Um, that was another one where the 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 talent rose to the top. What mm. I don't like, just looking at this list, I really think Mac Jones was going to hit his over if he played <laughs> full season. Um, I think that I should have won that bet. Well, you know, uh, you just didn't see Bailey Zappi coming like I did, Dalton. We we know I'm the Bailey Zappi guy of this podcast. Okay, you shut your mouth. Zappi Attack <laughs> deserves a spot on a roster. <laughs> Uh, the other one I I mentioned when in doubt, take the under that was in no more, you know, not on display any more. So for anybody, if you remember in the preseason, how I struggled with this George Kittle prop. And I just took the under and was like, he's just proud. He's bogging this little time. He didn't miss much, but he missed a couple games. And that was the difference because he started to turn on later in the season as Purdy became the guy. And he was under his prop by about. Yeah, 35 yards, 800 yeah. and a half was his number. Really close. 765 is what he finished with. I think he went into the last week with like 720 something. I was like, oh, he he really has a chance to to hit it this week. So that was a, a win for you and I, Dalton, a loss for Johnny. And that was about as close as you can get. Either that or Travis Etienne being right a half a yard away from his prop going into week 18. Thank the Lord he caught a couple passes. 
Oh, man, that was stressful. Looking at this, I'm surprised I took the under on Allen Robinson receiving yards. Me too. I wanted to say, how are you – like, I was a big A-Rob fan. You were a bigger A-Rob fan. I had to go back and listen. Why was I the one that took the over? I don't know. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, thank God I did because that was that's really the tiebreaker here. Um, I'm assuming that my, my understanding was he was going to get a lot of short yardage touchdowns. Probably. Work. But – um, bad process, good result on that <laughs> one is how I'm going to phrase that. Uh, and then if we want to just run through the score of our head-to-head bets, we didn't have many. We only have five. Um, it was Dalton three, Evan two, Johnny hopped on three of them and happened to be on the wrong side of all three. Went, <laughs> went 0-3 on the ones he took a stand in. So that's unfortunate and, and funny. Um, first one, not very exciting. Paris Campbell versus Alec Pierce. Nobody cares. Those guys were both uh, outside of the top 50, but Campbell came on and Pierce really faded as the season went on. Congrats on that one, Dalton. Uh, <laughs> I cleaned up on the the A.J. Brown versus Tyree Kill bet. It was Tyree Kill top nine. I said yes. You both said no. He was wide receiver three. And then the two, A.J. Brown versus Tyree Kill straight up points per game, 16.6 to 15. It's funny. We were I was right about Tyree Kill and you were right about A.J. Brown, but I don't think either of us, like, we were both right, and then they both ended up being better than we thought they were going to be this year. It's like, we were right, but just not, like, to the full extent that that we thought. And we obviously, I, I clipped a couple of our, our debate results, you know, when we had our big rankings debate show. I was three and four, if you just go back and look at who finished closer to the rank of our rank debate. And Dalton four and three, and Johnny obviously since he sided with me uh, four times, and Dalton three, he was three and four as well. But the I AJ Brown, really yeah, really you're did. you're you're plus one uh, across the board, so that's great fun. And, and then the last head to head bet here is James Cook as a top forty running back. This one very painful. He's the RB forty four, so I don't get that. In, in the head-to-head bets, I do give myself the win in that in our debate with James Cook, though, because you had him as your RB57, so I was closer to being right. And he came on late. Take out and, garbage time. Take out garbage time. Take out garbage time. Well, hey, there's a lot of guys that, that live in garbage time. That's Will Fuller time, baby. Hey, can we do Hunter Renfro now? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, he's, he is a debate. You know, I don't think – no matter what you thought preseason, nobody thought Hunter Renfro was going to be this bad. You know, the establish the run props that that Johnny sent, or maybe you sent, but that one of us sent to the group where where it shows like how many they won, lost like 27 and five or some ridiculous number. They took the over on his reception. So like they're awesome at these props and they took the over like 83 and a half receptions. I'm going to have to find, he's the last one here. He was ADP wide receiver 32. I am at 26. You got him at 44. He was 106th among wide receivers. And, like, yeah, he missed some time. But he was five points per game this year. Like, he he's not going to be draftable next year. And it, it's real sad. It's real sad. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust him. Um, I don't remember what I said. I just didn't want to touch Hunter Renfro, and I still don't think he's a good player. And I know that Matt Harmon at Reception Perception – was a strong part of your argument, and he's uh-huh. a very talented rider. But just watch that guy on the field for two seconds, and I just couldn't do it. 
Now, uh, I only had a wide receiver 44. He finished at 106. So Yeah, I mean, you, you get, just got to come in stronger with that tick next year. Right, yeah. right, I, I dare you to rank somebody with a top 30 ADP outside the top 100. That, that'll be a great, great clickbait next year for us. Ooh, let's, let's pick one now. Hmm. Mike Evans. <laughs> How about whoever? George Pickens. George Pickens. I was, oh, okay. I was going to say Pickens or whoever the Cowboys sign as their wide receiver too, because they're going to bring in somebody, whether it's Odell or they draft somebody or you know, they sign like, uh, I don't know. He's got a family. He's relocated. I'm starting to add personal details to this. Hey, Sharp, for those of you who aren't watching this, watching this on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys wide receiver two or George Pickens, both good calls, both probably wrong. Um, to revisit these next couple of debates, we'll we'll breeze through these because this is really just a lot of uh, a lot of recap on on numbers here. But Derrick Henry, Dalton, you didn't think Derrick Henry was going to be a top five running back. In fact, you were so convinced. When Derrick Henry's outside of the top twenty, I want you each to rue this day. Yeah, we'll clip this. We'll clip this whole thing. We'll make it to a whole a whole video. It'll be great. We did clip it. Dalton had Derrick Henry outside of his top uh, top five. I had him inside. He finished running back four on the season. I wrote down – oh, Lord, I accidentally just clicked off the tab. Good. I wrote down as a note in there that Dalton talked a lot about underlying metrics uh, for Derrick Henry. And yet again, Derrick Henry just a uh, complete slap in the face to those underlying metrics. Just defies logic every year. But he just keeps doing it. You just have to keep buying in. Um, I was right. <laughs> no, you I weren't. was right in everything except for the but fact that somehow, despite the Titans sucking, he still did it. That's just not how any of this works. <laughs> All of his under, he got worse in every metric. They just kept giving him carries. I don't know why. What else were they supposed to do? Uh, whatever. <laughs> the next one, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he was the RB thirteen ADP. I was slightly lower than that. Dalton was higher. Dalton was right. He finished the RB6. That was the one, if you'll remember, that I was confused on what Dalton's rank was. So I just made the argument wrong to begin with. So it was just doomed from the start. Saquon, good. Giants, good. We'll talk more about the Giants in in the playoff show. Um, I mean, Javante Williams, what what can we say about this one? Our, our most viewed YouTube video ever is us debating if Javante Williams is a breakout or bust. The guy plays three games. The Broncos are one of the worst offenses of all time until the moment Nathaniel Hackett gets fired and they turn to a competent offense. Um, I actually had the exact quote. Do we think a better offense – do we not think that a better offense – with more scoring opportunities is going to help Javante Williams. Turns out they were somehow a worse offense with fewer scoring opportunities. Our whole debate was like Dalton thinking, well, it's Russell Wilson. who's going to score a lot of big plays, not going to have a lot of risk and opportunities. Dalton actually with a straight face. And it was right at the time. It was right. It's like, he's got a good player in Melvin Gordon behind him. He's going to get carries cut off the team halfway through the season. This That whole thing was a mess, a catastrophe. Javante, the RB24 through three games. So it's not like it's like, well, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been a top 10 running back like I thought. I just don't think the Broncos were supporting that this season. Um, again, horrible process, <laughs> good results. Getting a trend here. I mean, at the end of the day, it sucks because 
I think we're probably another year removed from any good discourse around Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. He might come on at the end of next year, but yeah, he, not gonna... he's he's on the J.K. Dobbins path for now until Which we sucks. see otherwise. Because coming out of college, and you and me both really liked him. He was a player. Mm-hmm. Everybody really liked coming into the NFL. He is now on a franchise that looks lost with a quarterback that looks lost with an offensive line that's not going to get paid. And he has one of the worst injuries you could have as a running back outside of an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sucks that the last debate we had about him, we couldn't even get the facts right because Russell Wilson is washed and Nathaniel Hackett can't run anything better than a pedantic offense. And the last thing we'll remember of Melvin Gordon and our boy, Javante Williams, our shotgun runs at the one yard line where they fumble the ball. Yeah, like, it's it was just a horrible situation. Yep. Uh, James Cook was the next one. I already talked about that. I just think it's funny. You know, this going back and looking at these, it just really illustrates like, of course, we have to try and predict the situation to some extent. But this just really shows that like falling back on talent. Now, Javante Williams is the guy you fall back on, on the talent with. But like more often than not, falling back on the talent is just the way that you want to go. And don't weigh it as much as situation. Because with James Cook, Dalton's one of his main concerns was Zach Moss. I mean, Zach Moss was hardly there, and now he's really not there. So th- that that just shows how quickly things change in that regard. And then with Tyree Kill, I, I mean, top eight receiver was, I think, top nine was our bet. He's wide receiver three in total points and points per game. Yeah, but I played the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> they had the entire half where they shut him down, and he went off for like 50 points in one game Yep, in the second half. Um, yep. So Baltimore Ravens, they're a problem. That's the only reason I lost the bet. I, I do just want to say that I think what I like, not quite word for word, but basically my argument was, you know, McDaniel and company, when they, when he was in San Francisco, they schemed up uh, ways to get Debo the ball all the time. and um, was thinking and hoping that was what we we're going to see with Tyree kill. And I, I think that is what, what we saw with Tyree kill. They were looking to get him the ball any in every way possible and then A.J. Brown, this is definitely one I have to take on the chin. I mean, top, ADP was 11. I had him 16, Dalton at 9. He was wide receiver 5. You were definitely more right. And I wrote this all caps in the doc. Like, we suck at predicting situation. Like, I, I thought the Eagles were going to be a bad, pass, a, a bad passing team. I didn't believe in Jalen Hurts. Like, again, it's impossible not to have that stuff weigh on your mind a little bit. But if I just Jalen Hurts in Dynasty. That's true. And if I just would have bought into A.J. Brown, the player, I mean, your argument was sound. You thought the passing was going to be good enough, but you were mainly like, look at the underlying metrics, which worked for you in this case. He, they, they, they say that A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Like that, That's exactly what happened this year. I was cheated. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me get our, our main rundown pulled back up here. Is there any, any other – like preseason, I guess we can. Uh, if we if we want to take a couple on the chin, we can. No, do a, we're good. I think that's good. Let's do a sixty second look at some breakout sleepers, my guys, etc. We'll we'll pick like three guys here. Pound the back. I had Chris Lave as a sleeper. We talked up Chris Olave a lot. Hey, um, hey, I had Chris Olave in my top thirty six, and not Michael Thomas. And after yep, week three, yeah. I look like an idiot, and I look like a smart person in the season, don't I? Yep, congratulations. Everybody else. Um, DJ Moore, I say he'd be top 12, was not quite there. He was wide receiver 19, which is that even that just doesn't feel possible. I, I hope they get a good coach and a good quarterback. And 
I'll just be ready to be heard again uh, next August. What can I say? I love DJ Moore. Adrian Dillon, not a good call by me as a breakout, partly because the Packers stink and partly because I just don't think Adrian Dillon's as good as as I thought he was, as we both thought he was, frankly. Uh, great call by you, Dalton, on the Brandon Ayuk sleeper. And, and I was totally with you. Obviously, we were big Ayuk proponents last year, looked horrendously dumb for half the season and then he came on and then he was awesome this year. And especially when Debo was out for that stretch, like he, he's just an an unbelievable receiver that has definitely found his footing in the league. Yeah. Would you be surprised if I told you in half point scoring, he was only 0.1 points off of Christian Kirk? No, because I've been looking at the, at the fantasy finishes uh, in the last couple of days preparing for this, but like in general, yes. Like had I not looked, yeah, I'd be surprised to know that he was that good because he never had. I, okay, this might be dumb. I should go look at the game log, but I'm just gonna say this and then look after I say it. I don't think he really had too many big blow up games. I think he was just very, very consistent and just put up really nice numbers, and those numbers got slightly better without Debo there and they were just consistently better when, when Debo was hurt. Like he, he was just a stud week in week out this year. Yeah, no, and I think that's what it was is he was really consistent. And next year we'll probably be giving him the Stefan Diggs off season treatment where we say he was this close to being so much better. And it really was just a matter of he didn't get a lot of touchdowns or et cetera, whatever the situation may have been. Yeah. I mean, he started off slow. He was only double digits one of his first five games, but one, once he, it wasn't we supposed slow. to be taking these on the chin and we've, we've gone back to congratulating ourselves. Well, uh, trust me, there, there's some bad ones I'll get to. He, he wasn't, um, he wasn't nearly as bad as, as last year, but then week six on, I mean, he's double digits or nine points in all the two games. So yeah. he was a good player. Good player this year. Good call by you. Uh, Michael Pittman, top 12, maybe top five. That did not happen. I will mostly blame his team, his quarterback, his coaches, uh, his owner, his offensive line, his everything. <laughs> we, I mean, we need to get Michael Pittman a whole new outfit next year. I Yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, this is like a lost season for the Colts as a whole. I mm-hmm. Like, Jonathan Taylor's injury derailed his I didn't even mention that. I, I, one of our bets was Jonathan Taylor, a top 10 running back. That was like after three or four weeks when he started off slow. I thought I was buying low. Turns out it just never happened. Yeah. Well, you can't really blame it with the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, the Colts just had a lost season. Michael Pittman salvaging and, like, wide receiver 20 is honestly impressive, in my opinion. With yeah, it, it, it's exactly like DJ. He ended up – he and DJ Moore, uh, trash bag team corner at 19 and 20 uh, with those two guys. Uh, they get participation trophies. <laughs> Trey Lance, one of your breakouts, that one obviously didn't pan out due to the injury. We may talk a little bit more about, about Lance as we get down the road and the previews. Uh Joe Burrow as a bust for me, very bad call. And I, I want to give a major shout out to, to Burrow. Actually, I don't have the number in front of me, but I know he was a QB one a lot this year. Like once they got off, once they got rolling after a bad start, he was putting up QB one games consistently. And that was my big issue with him last year is that he only was a QB one in like three games and they were just such huge games that the counting stats were good. This year, it was actually a good ride once we let Zach Taylor quit doing literally anything with the offense. 
But how sweet was that week one victory lap we did about Joe Burrow <laughs> not being good? Always remember week one. Jalen Waddle, another bust. Very bad call by me. I'll, I'll take some credit for Elijah Mitchell. I know it was partially due to the injury, but Elijah Mitchell is kind of my new poster child before they can always go find somebody better. And that's what they did by bringing in Christian McCaffrey. Even if Mitchell doesn't get hurt, I don't think he's living up to the draft price with McCaffrey there, likely. Uh, I mean, your bust, Gasecki, good call. Good call. Gasecki was completely useless for fantasy. David Montgomery, eh, kind of a typical Montgomery season. Not inspiring, but productive enough. Amari Cooper, great when they had their good quarterback playing. Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> the discourse is going to be fascinating this whole offseason with with Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Because, like, if you look at EPA per play, you look at all these different things, it's like Deshaun Watson looks worse than Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield and, like, some guys who were really bad and getting torched on the internet all season for how bad they are. Like, Deshaun Watson was worse than those guys. Like, I, I'm I'm just so curious to see what what he is and what they are as a team next season. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. This yeah, year. oh, 100%. I mean, in our league, you know, I, I take last place uh, in the playoffs. Jacob, very smartly, I mean, Deshaun Watson has best game, you know, 21 points, but he benches Daniel jo- or benches Deshaun Watson for Daniel Jones, and that wins him the week. Like, what? Like, imagine saying that before the season. You bench Deshaun Watson for Daniel Jones in your championship. You know, for some, like, if you have Watson, you've been you have been holding him for at least a little while, and in a dynasty league the whole season, waiting for this guy to be good for you in the playoffs. And the move was to bench him <laughs> in this case. Yeah, it's absurd. Okay, last couple, then we'll move on to some real life football fun here. Like I said, we both had Juju as uh, as a my guy. I feel like that worked out. It, like it was a fine call. Didn't work out as well as we as we thought it was going to. Yeah, I do think when we made that, he was going as like wide receiver forty four. Yeah, he was still like I, I think the number that's like in my head is he was the wide receiver thirty nine, like yeah. something like that. So he he still finished higher than than that rank and gave you some some big blow up games too. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, he was a my guy for me, and I know Dalton, you were um, Stevenson season. Uh, you're on that bandwagon as well. So I yeah, think that was we, on the uh, the lost sophomore breakout video. Yes, well. exactly. Yeah, we made a sophomore <laughs> breakout video that is still somewhere on Dalton's PC where we, talk we talked about Stevenson for a solid six minutes. Uh, so just, just take our word for it. We were both completely all in on, on, Stevenson, on Stevenson. Stevenson. Uh, and then, look, I mean, Cortland Sutton, atrocious call by you, Dalton. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, well, uh, I <laughs> hey, personally. Jerry think- Judy. I, I, we, we should have made a bet because I remember I got accosted for just having the audacity to think that Judy could be a better fit with Russ. I mean, to be fair, no one was a better fit with Russ. <laughs> the best fit with Russ was Greg Dulcich. Um, yep. like Albert Obigo, Albert O. No, no, Albert O. <laughs> Albert, o. <laughs> Albert O was a fan. Russ got traded to the You Denver can't Broncos. even say Chuba Hubbard's name and you tried to go Albert O. I mean, that is an all time heat check. <laughs> I just had to shoot or shoot, man. <laughs> I just, like, Albert O was a preseason darling. And then Greg Dulcich and some Adams, the, the Sauron, Sauron, the other tight end, outscored Albert O. I mean, the Broncos were just a mess. I still think Cortland Sutton's a good NFL player. 
I blame Russell Wilson, and I hope he gets more toilets so we can get a new graph. <laughs> and then Allen Robinson, I took that while I'm sharing the props. I think you gotta gotta wear that uh, as sad as it may be. That that signing just uh, did not work out well. Did not work out well for anybody who he's younger than Cooper Cup. Listen to us. He's uh, younger than Cooper Cup. Okay, you uh, there's still value to be had. At least on your dynasty team, or where's yeah, he is? I traded. Been- I traded him and then traded back for him. <laughs> I just can't quit Allen Robinson, man. Dalton saw how well he was playing. I was like, man, get this guy back off my roster. You know, when he, when he went to IR and I was like, now's the time. <laughs> him and Michael Thomas, IR buddies on that team. Oh, God. That's pain. Okay. Let's get a little. John, do you have fancy MVP and LVPs? I, I didn't ask you if you brought any. Okay. Then don't worry about it. Dalton and I both have. Uh, Fancy MVP and LVP, and then we will get to the quick playoff talk before we get out of here. We can make this fairly quick, Dalton. I, I think you – okay. We is probably jo- have the same – Is Josh Jacobs your fancy MVP? No, and I knew you were wow. going to Josh I, Jacobs. I, you, I, you just talked like we're going to have the same. We, we, well, we thought we were because I thought there was a more obvious answer. Than Josh Jacobs? The yes. RB3 who was like a fifth-round pick? Yes. The, who's the more obvious? Uh, the guy who outscored the second position of his by 58 points. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have the Travis Kelsey. He outscored it by by more than, well, I don't remember what it is now. Yes, um, Kel- Kelsey is a good one. Austin Eckler, another good one. I mean, I for me, it's just like a, if, if I'm talking MVP, if I've got a fifth round running back who turns out to be a top five overall position player, then that's, that's my guy. But I get the Kelsey, excuse me. The Kelsey argument, and if anyone wants to make the Austin Eckler argument, I, I totally get that too. Yeah, oh, well, with Kelsey, the reason I picked it, so his scoring differential at the position is the difference between the running back one and the running back fifteen, and the mm-hmm. wide receiver one and the wide receiver twenty-four. He would have been the wide receiver four if you were just drafting him as a wide receiver, um, and you could have got him at the back end of the twelfth uh, of the first round. I just think there was no other positional advantage like Travis Kelsey. And so he was winning you weeks and he's like the ultimate start, sit and forget, mm-hmm. which that's just why I gave it to him. Well, that kind of goes into my LVP here. Uh, mine is probably going to upset Johnny. Uh Oh, my LVP is Mark Andrews. <laughs> that's a fun one. He finishes, he finishes as the tight end three. So, like, on paper, it's like, you know, how is the tight end three the fantasy LVP? Like, he's tight end three, set and forget it. Like, maybe he didn't. Did you look at how many more points Kelsey has than him? Yeah, 100. 100? 100 more points than Mark Andrews. Uh, and they were going very, like, if Kelsey was going early to mid-second, Andrews was going late second, early to mid-third. Like, there was not that much distance so how good Kelsey was is is part of it uh, he averaged 10.3 points per game but let's take a look from week seven on like yeah he, he had a good start but from week seven to the end of the season do you want to guess what what he ranked among tight ends was it outside the top 10 yeah that's hard to do tight end 15 for over half the season oh week God. seven to 17 
Uh, this is super niche to all 12 listeners. Uh, so if you don't understand this, it's fine. Do you have the tweet bookmarked where the guy was like, Mark Andrews is a better fantasy tight end <laughs> than Travis Kelsey? Uh, I don't know if I do, but yeah, the Ra- Ravens, uh, Ravens fans were kind of feeling themselves on that one. And then Mark Andrews promptly went out and scored 0.82 fantasy points the next week while Kelsey had uh, multiple touchdowns. Was that his four touchdown game? Yeah, the week after, I think Kelsey oh. had four touchdowns against against the Raiders. But like, Week fifteen, you know, he's tied tied in fifteen from week seven on, below guys like Tyler Higby, Dawson Knox, uh, Pat Fryermuth, Jawan Johnson. Those are all guys that played the same amount of games nine uh, as uh, as Andrews in that stretch. I know Andrews left one game early, but you know some of these other guys probably did too that we just don't remember off the top of our heads. And then guys who played one more game than him that finished ahead of him in that stretch: Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, Tyler Conklin. Like you've been better off streaming crap off the waiver wire for over half the season than having Mark Andrews on your team that entire time. I mean, in those nine games, he had five games with three or less receptions. He only had two, he had two more games with four or less receptions in that bunch. He only topped 60 yards twice, only scored double digit fantasy points once, which was week 17. So hi, congrats on your fifth place finish. Mark Andrews owner um, who got, got double digit points in week 17 and it was 10 point weeks 15 and 16 in the playoffs. He was 10.6 points combined. Like he just killed your team down the stretch and you couldn't bench him. He, he completely murdered his, his fantasy managers down the stretch. And yeah, you said it. it's like almost exactly 100 points less than Travis Kelsey, which is absurd. Yeah. That's incredibly hard to do when you add the draft position too. And the fact that like with Kyle Pitts, there was eventually a point where it was like, I can't start him. With Mark Andrews, there was never a point where you're like, I can't start him because the Ravens were bereft of wide receiver options. He was still out on the field for all the snaps. He just wasn't doing what he needed to do. Yeah, and like, you know, I I said week 7 to 17. Lamar got hurt in week 13. So more than half of that was still with Lamar at quarterback or about slightly over half of it. So it's just, he just fell off the face of the planet and it got even worse without Lamar Jackson. It it was brutal. Who's your LVP? Uh, it's the same trend. This guy was drafted as top five quarterback, uh, and it had to be Justin Herbert, who mm. I think had an incredibly disappointing season, uh, especially like to cap it off, because just like the argument we we're making with Mark Andrews, you're not benching Justin Herbert for your playoffs, but for the first and second rounds, he threw exactly zero touchdowns. Um, he was incredibly inefficient despite having all these weapons around him. He finished. I mean, jo- Johnny's nodding his head off off screen here because he definitely cost Johnny at least one game down the stretch, maybe more. Well, he, he yeah, the game against me in the semis cost mm-hmm. him. Um, but he finished as the quarterback twelve. Mm-hmm. He was drafted at four point two. There were some people. I he won't finished behind names. Tom Brady. He finished behind yes. Tom Brady. There were people ranking him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. If you mm-hmm. don't recall this offseason. Uh, he has 27 more points than Lamar Jackson, who played <laughs> 12 games. I mean, it's pretty bad when you draft this guy as a top four quarterback and he mm-hmm. underperforms. And it's there was a little bout of injury with the ribs, I understand. But other than that, it was all on him. You can say he was playing with a bunch of scrubs, but on him and so I, I, I just I think offensive coordinator really. I think the offensive coordinator really 
just oh, me too. murdered that offense. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in the playoff preview coming up here in a second. But. I mean, I agree with you, but when you're getting outscored by Daniel Jones, Jesus yeah. Smith, Trevor Lawrence, Court Cousins, and Jared Goff, it's not, it's definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the streaming quarterback was alive and well, and Justin Herbert probably deserved to be a waiver wire pickup most weeks. I mean, he averaged 1.8 points more per game than Russell Wilson with Russell Wilson's strong finish. <laughs> no one will believe that when you look back at the, like you will never, when you think back on the 2022 season in three years, and then go back and look at positional rankings, like how in the hell did Russell Wilson only score 1.8 points less per game than Justin Herbert? Um, I know this is anywhere, but in the podcast, but I remember I said there was a doomsday scenario and we were overrating the Cardinal or the, the Chargers offense yep. and had a pretty long spiel about it. And I feel pretty vindicated all outside of Austin Eckler on that one. Yep. Yep. And I, I didn't think the Chargers would be this bad or the Broncos would be this bad, but I, I also, I think in that same podcast said, I think the Broncos are a year away from being a good team. It, it might be more than a year away at this point, but I think I was right to at least pump the brakes on the Broncos a little bit when most people weren't by just uh Kind of like you with your Hunter Renfro, should have ranked them a hundred, should have gone a little bit stronger on on the Denver Broncos. All right. Can we move on to the real playoffs? Yes. Let's do it. And let's start with those Chargers um going to Jacksonville as two and a half point favorites. Um, I am going to toss it to you, Dalton, to give us first. We're gonna pick these games straight up. And against the spread, and like last year, we'll keep a tally. We'll we'll have the records end of each round, et cetera, and figure it out at the end. We'll we'll give our Super Bowl picks at the end of this podcast, and obviously we can we'll we'll change those throughout the playoffs if they don't pan out. But Jags at Jags versus Chargers, excuse me. What what are you looking for in this game? Who do you like? Um, what I'm looking for first is what the Chargers did to themselves. Um, they played their starters roughly three quarters in week 18 in a non a game that was just a non-factor for them. As a result of that, Mike Williams might not play. It looks like Bosa also isn't going to play, so the Chargers are out with two of their key positional players. Uh, they're also not bringing back Rashawn Slater. He's still going to be on IR, it looks like. Uh, I just don't like it. It looks like the Chargers sputtered into the playoffs and the Jaguars really like are – all gas, no breaks, ready to play this. Uh, I'm taking the Jaguars straight up, so obviously I'm also taking the plus two mm-hmm. here. It's in Jacksonville as well. It's across the country travel. I know the Chargers have time to do that. It's also a Saturday game when, again, for no reason, the Chargers played their guys into the third quarter of a game. The only and, X fact And got Mike Williams hurt. I, I'm sure you mentioned it. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like he is going to play or if at least if he or does, Bosa, uh, he's gonna well. be limited oh as but i hadn't even seen on bosa yeah bosa might not play either oh um, my god and they're already saying he's gonna be at a snap count regardless it's it's just absurd what the Chargers did um and doug peterson just has playoff coaching experience uh we hinted at it earlier i am just i'm just really not a big fan of the Chargers coaching staff and I don't I think that Staley dialed back the things he did well last year and really dove into the things that he shouldn't be doing like he's not going for an fourth down as much and then they're running this short offense so I'm putting it on the Chargers the only x factor here is going to be 
if Eckler just really has a crazy day against a weaker Jaguars Russ offense. Mm-hmm. Johnny? Yeah, I, I like the Jaguars straight up and against the spread. Just what the Chargers did was just unnecessary, absurd, and I just don't feel great betting with them. Mm. And the Jacks just look great. I think Jack, or I think Trevor Lawrence is going to end up in a better matchup versus the Chargers, and he would just put up a much better game than, than Herbert, and I think that's going to be the – the deciding factor, like Brandon Staley, I, I think he's just going to cost him a game with making the wrong decision. Rather than I think the Jags coaching staff is going to help him win to the, help them win this game. I'd be curious if the the Jags close game last week tampered the spread down a little bit because I feel like it's very possible for people to kind of feel a little queasy about the Jags. Like, oh, they played the Titans and Josh Dobbs, and they they got kind of lucky to, to get by them, frankly. Like, are they really good enough to beat the Chargers? And it's like, the Titans did this with the worst quarterback at Arrowhead, took the Chiefs to overtime. Like, Mike Rabel can freaking coach. Like, that defense is good. Like, I'm not going to hold last week uh, against the Jags looking forward here. I mean, this is a Jags team that we all thought was good when they blew out the Chargers in week three. Like, they demolished them in L.A. this season, and then they kind of hit a tailspin. Now they're back. Like, I'm glad you guys, or you, Dalton, specifically mentioned the coaches. Like, I have a lot more confidence in Peterson than I do in uh, in Staley and Lombardi and that entire coaching staff. Uh, in L.A., like, I think they've been held back by the offensive coordinator all season. Their offense just doesn't have the juice. And one of the main guys, Mike Williams, who would bring that, likely isn't going to play or if he does I'm sure he'll be very limited um Eckler had a great year for fantasy a great great year for fantasy I just don't think a healthy offense is using Austin Eckler in the passing game quite the way that he got used this year uh for this team I mean he had 128 targets number one amongst running backs CMC has done that one time by the way he, he's only topped that number one time. He was close a second time. Not like he was playing in very good offenses. Yeah, like I, I know, good running backs. Like you want to give him targets. But CMC, if you just take his San Francisco games and, and give that a 17-game season, he's on pace for about 100 targets, like significantly less than Eckler. This is a team, I wish I could find this stat. I couldn't find where to find it. But I know just because of my own two eyes, they throw at or behind the line of scrimmage more than almost any team in the league. And they have one of the best deep throwers, most electric deep throwers in the NFL. So it's just insanely frustrating. And why would they do that? (laughs) Yeah, right. I missed my. Why would they do that? This game's in Jacksonville. And I do truly think that's going to matter too. I mean, I think that crowd, first playoff game. Since I believe I, I saw this on TikTok actually, um, since the the Jags Patriots debacle in was that seventeen where the Jags with Jalen Ramsey and all and all their great defenders should have won should have beaten the Patriots and gone to the Super Bowl. They have not played a playoff game or a playoff home game obviously since then. Yeah, I think we're pretty lockstep in this one. The which is weird. Uh, if you had told me at the start of this year, I was picking the Jags over the Chargers. And- playoff game i would have had a lot of questions about the rest of the nfl season yep even you who has been a a chargers hater uh it's not they just always suck it just they can't get away from it 
I know that everybody knows the stat, but there was a year they led the league in defense and offense and missed the playoffs. Like, you know, there's no other team that can do that but the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. All right, Ravens at Bengals. Uh, I'm going to audible and and change this one. change the spread right now just because when I was prepping this, Lamar, it, it was unsure. Now it at least it seems like he's not going to be playing. He's not practicing. They play on Saturday too. So like uh, this is basically their Thursday. So he's running very short on time. That whole situation is, it's just strange. That's a topic for an off season podcast. Um, it's now up to Bengals minus eight and a half against what we think will be Tyler Huntley and, and company in Sensi. And I think if like, if Lamar was playing, I was ready to take the Ravens plus seven. I was ready to take them straight up. Straight up. See, I don't know about straight up. But what I what I will say, and I sent you guys this tweet this morning, is two of Joe Burrow's worst, like, three or four games of the season were against the Ravens. Like, his EPA per pass, it's two of his worst games this season. Matt Bowen basically said it's because that – they play a lot, cover two, a lot of quarters, make him hit the underneath stuff, and that's just not really where the Bengals thrive and where they want to live. I it's mean, it's what they do to Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you can you can probably make the argument on the Bengals side that well, they played him early in the season before they really changed their offense and and hit their stride, and then week eighteen, like, well, it was probably a pretty vanilla game plan, even though they had all their guys weren't playing everybody, but. You know, his lowest A dot of the season, Joe Burrow, was their first matchup. And, like, this is a Ravens defense that outside of the Tyree kill, whatever that was against the Dolphins, like, they've been good this season. They flummoxed Josh Allen. They've been good against Joe Burrow multiple times. Like, I have faith in, in Harbaugh. I have faith in the defense. But if Lamar's not out there, I just don't, I don't know how – I can take them to cover this number. If Lamar is out there, it'll move back to seven probably. And I will, I will take the Ravens because they've not lost a game by more than four points with Lamar in the lineup this year. I just like, even with Huntley, you could just see this game being stupid close because that's just like the Ravens, you get to the fourth quarter and the Ravens are always down 16, 13 or up 16, 13 because they're blowing a double digit lead as we speak. Like they, they just always play close games, but I, I just think I have to go with the Bengals. Cause I think Tyler Huntley is terrible. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you. I'm taking the Bengals uh, spread. If Lamar plays, we have the right to change our picks in the spreadsheet and review. Yeah. No, if Lamar ch- ch- plays, I'll change. Uh, I'll pick the Ravens to win the game. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I do think I do think this is actually might be the last time we're seeing Lamar in Baltimore. This awesome. this knee injury is really weird how things are going, and it almost feels like Lamar's holding out for a better contract and doesn't want to play and risk re-injuring himself to go into the offseason. I'm just speculating here for anybody well, listening. We're, we're probably going to get some leaks uh, Saturday night and the Sunday morning um, after yeah. that. But season. even the way that Schefter tweet was this morning, where he was like, yeah, he's not on the field. It's not progressing mm-hmm. his intent. It just doesn't sound – it sounds to me like Trent Williams in Washington all over again. Um, I think we might be seeing the last time of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, which sucks, but this one's pretty simple. The the Bengals are better all around. And the only thing that would save the Ravens would be Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Johnny. Yeah. Same. 
Bengals and eight and a half. Uh, it sucks that Lamar's probably not going to play because this would probably be a very, very exciting game. Um, but get ready for next year when I tell you we're going to get undervaluing Lamar Jackson in fantasy football, and this is the year, wherever <laughs> he may be, New York Jets. Dolphins at Bills. Um, right now it's at minus 13. We are probably going to get Skylar Thompson. Actually, definitely going to get Skylar Thompson. Tua is not playing. We already got that announcement, and the line jumped from, I think, six and a half, I think. Yeah, six and a half, seven, something like that, clear up to 13. I caught it, like, mid-jump at nine (laughs) somehow today. I was lucky to to catch that, but there's not much to say here with this game, right? Like, no no Tua. Skylar Thompson has looked not NFL quality, frankly, these last couple weeks, like, Dang, up here's Matt against, Harmon. That game against the 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 Jets was like painful. The, the Dolphins' best offense was punting and hoping that Joe Flacco made a mistake. Yeah, I mean this this and just Tyreek sucks. Banged up too. Yeah, this just sucks because there are two good should be good playoff matchups and mm-hmm. two quarterbacks that are missing that make it horrible. I'm with you. I it's obviously you take the Bills. You, I, you take Bills plus whatever. I'd take a plus 15, I think, is or minus 13, 15 as far as I would go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, it's the Dolphins also traveling to cold weather, and you can go look up their spread when they travel north, but it's not pretty. If somehow this was the other way around and then Bills traveling north, I'd be telling you the opposite of this. Uh, but th- there's nothing pretty here. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I don't really feel like it's worth even talking about it's going to be a boring game it's it sucks that it's an nfl playoff game this yeah. is like when the chiefs played the steelers that and that's exactly what i was going to say i literally have written down the best case scenario for this game is it's like steelers chiefs where the bills sleepwalk to start the game they make a mistake or two they get down seven to zero and there's a little bit of drama and then boom the bills are up multiple touchdowns like that is the best case scenario for an interesting game. And it is possible you have the, the bills who are second EPA per play. And they're also 31st in turnover rate. Like they've been prone those kinds of mistakes, but I'm taking the bills minus 13. And I I do just want to say, you know, it's, it's really sad how everything has unfolded just all around with, with Tua in Miami. Like ever since he got there, they have done nothing to look out for this guy in any capacity. I mean, you think back to when he first got there, they, you know, he's coming back from his injury. They bring in this old offensive coordinator. They install this whole offense for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then, oh, they pull two off the bench, put him in. No, bench him again. They'll put him in, bench him again. Oh, he's struggling in this offense that does not, you know, highlight any of his strengths what a surprise he also has no weapons like wow we're, we're so this guy's so bad we're so shocked he's struggling we're, we're, we're going to keep benching him over and over and then last year you put him behind one of the worst offensive lines the professional the national football league has ever seen um and and then this season obviously on the field like the dude gets concussed three times this season finished Two of the three games that he got concussed, one of the only time he didn't was when he literally got knocked out cold on the field. The others, he finished. They, they think about this. They had medical personnel fired earlier this season for how they handled the concussion thing with Tua 
And then they do it again. And then they do it again, and they don't even know he had a concussion until he's watching film with their coach, and he can't remember the game. He can't remember parts of the game. And then they were like, oh, like this guy might have a concussion. Like, I'm just saying, Evan, if I threw three picks, I might also say I can't remember the game just to get out of <laughs> He He's still in protocol, though, and that happened on Christmas Day. Like, we're – multiple weeks and he got ruled out i know they play it's a saturday game right they play on saturday so i know this is like as we speak today this is their thursday but usually if a guy is close i feel like they make it till friday on the king like i feel like like last couple years ago with Mahomes when he had the past protocol it's like okay like we're gonna find out on friday if he's out of protocol or, or if he's still in protocol you know after the after the browns game like we didn't even we didn't it was early today. It's like nah, he's out. He he's not coming back. And like Luke Keekley retired after having three concussions. Like when he retired at age twenty eight at the top of the mountain, like one of the best you no know, linebackers in the game. He was sitting at three career concussions. Tua has that in thirteen weeks, basically. I, I don't want to like sit here and speculate what may or may not happen with, with Tua in the future i more just want to put in the perspective like number one like how, how serious the the situation is like that is a lot of concussions to have in one lifetime in one nfl career let let alone in such a, a short stretch like you remember brandon cooks when he got his third concussion in 2019 and it was like man if this happens again like i don't know like next one could just be it for cooks like I, I was doing some digging and like the, there's a, a, a local tv station that did a piece last week that was saying Tua should just retire like again not predicting not saying I, I don't know anything about what is actually going on but i just wanted to kind of get that out there like that that's where we are with with his health right now it, it's completely uncertain going forward and it's just too bad because this organization that was tanked for Tua for a whole year they don't they, they don't get number one pick they still get Tua and they've just done nothing but screw this guy on and off the field the whole time he's been there yeah I mean it's tragic what the Dolphins have done they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs and they deserve Tua- it they, they deserve it poverty franchise lose your draft pick because you tamper and completely wreck a guy's career go get killed by the Bills Damn, yeah, I agree with all of that. I'm gonna go Bills and to cover thirteen too. <laughs> yeah, my internet is slowly dying, so I did miss half your rant, but that's okay. It was a good rant. You can listen back to it. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. John, you can you can clip it and we can make it a drop, and Dalton can listen to it next. Time. <laughs> all right, Seahawks at 49ers. Uh, this is Niners minus nine and a half. This is another one that I think could get pretty ugly. The Rams are not good. Baker Mayfield played horribly last week, and yet the Seahawks were one incredibly underthrown ball by Baker Mayfield to Van Jefferson away from losing that game, and instead they pick it off, and they end up going and winning that game in overtime. Geno broke the franchise record uh, for passing yards, which, LOL. But he did that, but he's kind of come back to earth uh this last half of the season since the calendar turned in November, he's thrown eight of his 11 interceptions in six of those nine games. He's thrown an interception, which not nice, not nice. Gino, he has three fumbles in that stretch too. So 11 turnovers in 11 games. I'm going to guess he's going to turn the ball over at least once against this Niners defense that 
he did not have a, a great time with earlier in the season. Brock Purdy is on a roll. He's playing well. The offense is healthy. Defense is healthy. Like the Niners, I, I think they're going to roll this game. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Taking the Niners nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Seahawks are just missing a lot right now. Like they were a good storyline the first half of the season, and like every Pete Carroll offense, they sputtered out, and everybody figured them out. They didn't adjust. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't just all Russell Wilson's fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there were other things Russell Wilson was clearly bad at. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't. It's going to be ugly. The 49ers are probably going to put it on. Uh, Brock Purdy somehow. Very talented and excellent player. Super fun to watch. Super good story. Johnny? Yeah, I I wish that there's going to be like more exciting games than like out of the five just because you know, it just seems like they're all going to be blowouts so far. But yeah, I'm, I'm 49ers and, and for them to cover pretty easily probably by more than two or three touchdowns. The the biggest fantasy storyline outside of any injuries or anything like that, the biggest dynasty storyline to me is like, what happens with this quarterback situation in San Francisco? Brock Purdy is five and zero, or maybe six and zero. I think six and zero. So I think if they win the Super Bowl, he will be ten and zero as a starter and a Super Bowl champion. How on earth do you bring Trey Lance back as the starter? And at the very least, like I was talking to a Niners fan the other day, uh, Michael Swain, who who covers KU football, covers college football, and he's like, and he and he covered Brock Purdy at Iowa State too, so he's very familiar with Brock Purdy. He's like, I think at the very least, there's got to be a quarterback competition next year at this point. So like we're we're at a weird point like we've been for the last year, basically, with the Niners and their quarterback situation. So it's just going to be very interesting to watch. Like, unless Purdy flames out, they flame out in this game or the next round, like, we could see a job disappearing from a top-five pick right before our eyes. Very small sample size, too, but in his limited time, one of them being in a monsoon, uh, Trey Lance didn't look great, mm. definitely made some errors. They did lose to the Bears. It was a monsoon, but still, he got outplayed by Justin Fields. Um we so just definitely the, the issue is we just we don't know if Lance is good because we just like have never seen him play football. It's like the guy played one year of college, you know, had had the COVID year, didn't play as a rookie, got hurt this year. It's like the guy's played like a total of sixteen games in the last three or four years. It's crazy. Well, he's just the next Mahomes because he sat out a year. I mean, that's what we were told all off season. <laughs> he makes cool throws in practice. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think obviously, yes, I, I think obviously that's that's a storyline worth keeping an eye on. Last two games, both fairly interesting, I would say. Giants at Vikings. Uh, this is Vikings minus three. I told you guys I was going to let the conversation lead me to the prediction, so I'm going to let Johnny start and and guide me here. I am going to go with the G men. See, I just i I want to. <laughs> I've yet to see anybody pick the home Minnesota Vikings who are the three seed, and that scares me. That's like, that's just like gambling 101 is like never pick who every, like it's it just when it seems obvious, it's yeah, just not going to happen. All the money's going towards that line. You go the opposite, but I just feel like the Vikings have. But I'm not to- doing it. Oh well, like I, I'm going Giants just because I feel like the Vikings have just skirted away this whole season. Does this count as a primetime game? <laughs> what time do they play? I don't even know. It's 
It is a standalone game, though. I think the thing now is like after the Packers game, it's like a primetime slash standalone game. It's a three thirty game. Mm, we're getting a little close to, to sundown. Kirk is going. Kirk might have a good first quarter, and then. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going Giants here. Dalton. Yeah, I'm going Giants too. Um, I this out of the entire slate, I feel the least confident about of any bet. Because like the Vikings are like the cardiac line or cardiac cats, they just they barely win games. Um, but Giants are a better coach team, in my opinion. Uh, which no offense, to Kevin O'Connell, I think he's done a great job. I yeah, just, but if 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 you're ranking coaches in the playoffs, like Dabble is very high on yeah, on on that ranking. Definitely coach of the year. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to come in with a really strong game plan. They almost beat them once. They lost on a game losing field goal. I think the same thing could happen here. Uh, so definitely Giants plus three. If any advice is being taken on these bets, uh, I'm going to take Giants to win as well. But I like I wouldn't probably bet a winner of this game. I would try to bet the, the where the money is at, which is plus three. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely on board with Giants plus three because what the Vikings are like fourteen and one in one score games this year. So it's like it seems like the the, the math says that you have a pretty good chance at even if the Giants don't win, you could get a push or you could get like a one or two point game. I mean, you mentioned game winning field goal. It wasn't just game winning field goal. It was a 61 yard game winning field goal against the Giants uh, by the Vikings to win that game. And, And that was a game where the Giants have 448 total yards and they had receivers just open all over the place. Like the Giants can, can we name three receivers on the team, like barely Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Kenny Galladay, but he's a backup. Like, who, like, like, they, uh, like, I don't know. Like the Vikings defense, very bad pa- pass defense, at least very bad. And I have a ton of confidence that that dabble and the giants are going to be a tough out here. I just, I think the entire world is going to be on the giants, not only to cover, but to win. And I just think I'm get like, this is this is this is how I know this is a dumb move. I did this with the Cardinals. I picked them to beat the Rams last year because that was what everybody else was not doing. I'm, I'm gonna just not learn my lesson and do it again this year. I'm going Giants plus three, but I am gonna take the Vikings to eke one out and then have a reality check next week. Yeah, I mean, this is probably gonna be the most fun game to watch for all the wrong reasons. Like, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be pretty shitty football. But man, if the Giants somehow win this. And if they win it and then they walk into San Francisco and smack the Niners in the mouth, <laughs> that would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. Kind of cool. Saquon Barkley, 300 yards in a winning game winning well, experience. I do have to, I do have to break this bad news to you. Unless uh, the Seahawks beat the Niners, it will be the Giants and Eagles in, in the next round. But I'm not sure. I actually if they, feel like that's a more winnable game for the Giants. I was going to say, I'm not sure if the Eagles really want to see the Giants. I mean, their their second stringers kind of hung in there a lot better than you would expect uh, last week. But, yeah, the Giants are going to be interesting. This game is going to be interesting. But I'm taking the Vikings and feeling hor- horrific about it. I would not bet any money on, like, Vikings money line, Vikings minus three. I, it's I, like, been an almost primetime game. Pl- plus three is the play if you're making a straight-up play here on the, on the line. But the real play, it's like, well, let's, 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 let's tease this with another game and get, like, Giants plus five. <laughs> like, just get up a little bit. Make, make this more of a sure thing. All right, last game and then quick Super Bowl picks. Cowboys at Bucks. 
Cowboys are minus two and a half. I don't think I ever thought I would see the day where Tom Brady was a home dog in the playoffs in Super Wild Card Weekend. Not like the title game where his team is outmanned. The wild card round and, and Super Wild Card round, like when we have even more teams in now. Did you know Tom Brady is undefeated Eight and in his career against the Cowboys? 8 no. Did you also know the Cowboys lost every game they played on grass this year? I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. And Tampa Bay, grass. Uh, So if you can't tell, I'm going Tom Brady. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm taking the Bucks here. They're going to cover. They're going to win. Here's the deal. Did we did we all see Dak last week? Like, oh, I did, and I regret. Like, pretty bad. We talked about the Chargers. If there's one team that has an argument for coming in with worse momentum than the Chargers, <laughs> it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys at least didn't get anybody injured last week, so they have that going for them. Yeah. Um. And look, Tom Brady threw 500 yards two weeks ago against the Panthers. They yeah. sat him most of last week. Yeah, uh, yeah, last week. Yeah, he threw for like 80 yards. He didn't yeah. play much. So I'm just doing it. I'm take it's Tom Brady. And there's some math I want to give you guys. Oh, okay. Tom Brady misses a year in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's in a Super Bowl the next year. <laughs> there ain't nine, but there's nothing more Tom Brady than Tom Brady making a Super Bowl this year. I'm telling you, I feel strongly that they're going to win this game. And it, after they win this game, I'm probably going to do the same thing next week. Like, it's Tom Brady. I don't know what to tell you. Johnny, did that not just sound like old 2014 Dalton who loved Tom Brady? It did. I still love the guy. It that... reminds me of the, the beer bong to victory days. <laughs> but I I do have to agree with him. I'm, I'm wow. going, bucks, going bucks plus two and a half. I watched that entire Cowboys Washington game because I had money on the Cowboys. Because I got money on the Cowboys, honestly. Yeah. That's all the excuse. So bad. And I was like, okay, there's, there's still a chance here. Early in the second, there's still a chance. It was like 7 0. And then what, Dak what, what throws was a pick that? six. And what was Dak? Like 14 of 37 or something? Just probably like. Probably worse. Whatever you think it was, it was probably worse. And then I was. The only reason that game was even close is because the commander's kicker just kept missing every kick, extra points, field goal. Like he was missing every kick for like a whole quarter. The Cowboys look so bad. And the one thing they always like try to tip their cap on is the running game. I don't think they got more than 60 yards rushing. And Bucks, great defense. I think they're going to give Dak a lot of trouble. I don't know who, who said that. Um, that grass tweet, Dalton, about like the Cowboys haven't won on grass uh, this year. Multiple, it was going around Twitter. Multiple people were like, "This feels like BS," and then they listed the teams <laughs> the Cowboys played on grass, and they were very good teams. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I saw that too, and then another one I saw was like, "Yeah, Cowboys aren't just they are just not going to be as fast on grass." I was like, "Okay, that makes sense. Let's go, Bucks." <laughs> uh, to be clear, I don't fully believe it, but when you oh, do, I do that. Uh, you do the grass thing, you do the Tom Brady's never lost them thing, and like it's just it's just some old man magic. I Did think you guys see the, the clip of magic. Tom and Mike Evans talking about it on the bench? Yeah, that's that's the only reason I know that that he's eight no against the Cowboys. Yep, see, I was like, that's kind of cool that they were talking about like even before their game is over too that they probably knew that they were going to play the Cowboys. I just sent you guys the. Uh, the grass, the grass tweet. tweet. The Cowboys defense on grass allows negative point oh four seven EPA, which is twentieth best in the NFL. On turf, they're second best in the NFL. 
No, stats don't lie, and I'm what? curious to see Evan's argument for the Cowboys. There's no way you're picking the Cowboys here, right? I mean, no, there is. Evan, the <laughs> here's the thing: like the Bucks have stabilized things a little bit down the stretch. You, Evan, you, you mentioned that that Tom threw for what was it, 500 yards against, against the Panthers. It won by six. I know, you know, maybe it was a little cool. Although the Panthers could have recovered an onside kick and actually actually won that game. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Three weeks ago. That Washington game last week was on grass. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that felt like a very random outburst. They um, sucked on grass. Three weeks ago. Tom Brady and company needed overtime to be, was it David Blau, Tris McSwarley? Who was the Cardinals quarterback that week? I don't remember, but on Christmas Day, they needed overtime to be just a horrifically bad Cardinals team. Like, they've been blown out by the Niners. They've been blown out by the Bengals. The only reason they're in the playoffs is because their division is dog water. Their division is terrible. Like they may have gotten it together a little bit, but I just still don't think this Bucks team is any good. They haven't proven to me to be any good all season. I I know the Cowboys looked bad last week. I, I know, but you know, I'm gonna go full analytics here. Momentum is not a real thing. It's not a real thing. Um look. Grass and turf are a real thing. Here, here's the thing, though. The Cowboys' pass rush, I, I think, is going to win them this game. Like I, 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 it's I just worse on grass. <laughs> I don't know what what is the argument here. Grass, Cowboys bad. I, no grass, I can't wait Cowboys to watch good. this game live there's... and just tweet about the grass to you, Evan. Oh, I, it's I Bermuda. You know. Have you ever there's stepped this, foot on Bermuda? There's just no, there is definitely a lot more to all of that than just grass versus turf. There's a lot more context missing here, I'm afraid. No, no. Joe Machota <laughs> no, not. for The Athletic, who used to work at Dallas Morning News, even says it in his article. I just sent it to you guys. If there's like one or two games, sure. But isn't it like nine plus games on on grass? Like well, just this season. Well, that well that's not possible because they uh, oh, hey, don't, oh, don't play at home seven, on grass. Oh, no. so. There is a correlation of numbers here. That... Well, the, for the Bucks, like I think to win this game, Chris Godwin is going to have to be awesome. Like I think Tom is going to have to get the ball out quickly because I think the pass rush is going to get home despite them playing on grass. I think the pass rush is going to get there, and Brady is going to have to be kind of vintage Brady and get the ball out pretty quickly in this matchup. And like I, I trust me, I know how bad the Cowboys were last week, but that, I like we've seen Dak be good this year. Like Dak doesn't have to be great. Just, just be good. Just be fine. Like, and I think the Cowboys can win this game. They have a way better team than, than the bucks all Did, season. They've been way better. Uh, do you remember? I know it takes, oh, it's hard to remember things like this. How the Cowboys lost their playoff game last year. Oh yeah. I hundred percent remember. Now, do we think that the Cowboys or the Bucks are going to be more prone to that kind of mental errors? I don't know, but I'm taking the Cowboys and I'm taking minus two and a half, so it may not even come down to that. And let me just read some things here. Cowboys on grass this season. Philadelphia, L. Green Bay, L. Jacksonville, <laughs> L. Tennessee, W. Washington, L. All right, well, one of them was Philly, who's arguably the best team in the league. 
Uh, Packers, I, that was a bad game. I do, I do give you that. I'm I mean, Titans, you, big win. I'm telling you, the ja- okay, the Jags game, they lost. No, the ball went through Noah Brown's hands in overtime. It was a pick six like that. Like, come yeah. on, yeah. You know why Noah Brown didn't have good footing? <laughs> yeah, it's not the day. It now. was the grass. All right, we're off of this. I can't wait. Uh, to, tr- to troll. But it's back Monday, so we have to wait. No, I know. Oh. That's what I'm I can't wait for Monday night. We control each other on this game. We're in hour 23. We need Super Bowl picks and the hop out of here. Um, Super Bowl matchup and pick. Do you guys have a have a matchup? I'm assuming we're probably all taking the Chiefs. Although I really thought hard about not taking the Chiefs. I almost took the Bills. I, 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 I'm terrified that the Chiefs either turnovers or special teams is going to just flat out lose them a playoff game. But I just – I try to be a homer, but, like, everywhere you look, Chiefs, number one power rankings, number one offensive EPA. You see the EPA graph and, like, other oh, defense is exactly average. That's all they ever need. Like, that was the recipe in 2019. The pass rush is heating up. Like I just, <laughs> it's so hard not. It's it's hard to go against Mahomes. Like he, they would have at least been in the game last year if he didn't have one of the worst halves of his life uh, against the Bengals. But it it's also scary. Like it's not a sure thing. I, I think in years past, I laughed at you if you didn't pick the Chiefs. I to at least get there. I, I don't think it's crazy to pick another team this year. I think my hotter take, and we'll have this next week, I think the Bills slack the Bengals next week. Really? I actually think the Bengals are going to win that game. That'll be a fun debate for you and me then. Um, but I'm taking the Bills. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. I said the Bills there. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs as the winner of the AFC, and I think we're going to get some purdy magic. And I'm taking. God damn it, Dalton! How we have the same exact super? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, it has to be. I think. I he, I don't feel like the Eagles are going to win. That's what I, mean, I, say. I. I just don't feel good about that. Mainly because I just don't know how healthy Hurts is now. If we, you know, we get to the wild card round or the the divisional round, excuse me, and he looks good, and that offense looks like it did earlier in the season before he got hurt then I would probably change my tune. But I, I'm just a little scared uh, of the health uh, of Hurts. And, I mean, he didn't run the ball at all against the Giants the other day. And it, they needed to win that game, but also they were playing backup, so they were probably trying to preserve him. But we, we just don't know how much he can do if he can really take that same level of punishment that, that he was before because yeah. he was taking a lot of it. So that that's what scares me. I'm I am petrified of betting on Brock Purdy. Like, and it's really the, and the reason why I ultimately did it was my fear is nothing to do with anything that he's done. The NFL, it is, he has like the worst interception I have ever seen a college football quarterback throw and a couple of other really terrible ones. Like this guy has made mind numbingly bad decisions as a college quarterback. And that, that hasn't happened yet. Like, I just think they've got enough around him. Uh, great coaching staff. They're gonna they're gonna take the game out of his hands as much as possible. He's certainly capable of making plays when he needs to, and I think that'll be enough to get him there. Um, it was also Iowa coaching him. Uh, Iowa State. You are <laughs> gonna be wrong. Don't try and say it's Iowa. Did my internet cut out when I said that? I think you just froze because you were so no, shocked. No, I said Iowa State. No. 
Yeah, I said Iowa State. Uh, <laughs> no. Sorry, I think my internet's just acting up. Johnny, what's your matchup? My matchup is I'm going to go not Homer. It's going to be Eagles and Bills. And Bills to win it all. All right, and I have the Chiefs. I'm assuming Dalton, since you have the Chiefs there, you probably have the Chiefs as well. Dalton? We good? Real Chiefs to lose a game like that. Just going to say it now. I'm going to take the Chiefs here, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a, you know, if the, if the Chiefs were minus six, I'd probably take the Niners plus six in that game. Uh, I'm looking for, if I can't find it, we can just get out of here. But I, I have all of the numbers, maybe it's Team Futures, to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, so you can bet. So, like, Chiefs and Niners is plus 700. Dalton and I's pick. Uh, Johnny, you were Bills Eagles, right? Trader. Plus 750. And then I think I'm not going to be able to. Oh, Super Bowl exact. Uh, if we want to bet on the Chiefs to beat the Niners, plus 1400, Dalton. Um, what about the Niners to beat the Chiefs? Niners to beat the Chiefs. You have to scroll a little bit for that. Wait. Plus 1600. Oh, nah, there's not enough profit there for that one. Um, and Johnny's picking the Bills, so Bills over Eagles is plus 1,400 as well. The favorite is still it, – it's interesting. The the two that are plus 1,300 are Bill, Bills over Niners and Chiefs over Eagles. I don't know. I might have to go throw five bucks on plus 1,400. Why not? I don't hate that. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC playoffs. They have the best roster. They have the best roster. It's going to come down the quarterback. And this is going to piss you off, but if I'm ranking it, I'm putting the Bucks as the second most likely team to make it to the championship. Oh, that's absolute crap. Yeah. No Tom way you man. believe that. Tom this team's 8-9. Need overtime to beat Trace McSworley. Lost the Niners 35-7. to Looked as helpless as I've ever seen Tom Brady look against the Bengals there for about a quarter and a half. Like it don't happen twice. It don't. Not a good team. Misses Super Bowl, makes Super Bowl. Misses, makes. Misses, makes. You can't stop it. All right. So let's just go with Dalton's theory. Let let, let's say we get a. You know, if you really if you really believe, um, Casey Chiefs to beat now. KC Chiefs to beat the Bucks plus five thousand. Go take it then. I'll put a hundred on it. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to get out of here. There's no shot you're putting a hundred on that. No shot. Please, Cowboys. I've never needed you more in my life than I do this weekend. Please, and that is going to do it. For episode 98 of the Half Point for Podcast, give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point for Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube link to all that stuff in the show notes, as always. We'll be back next week. We'll preview um, the divisional round, obviously, and we'll sneak in some fantasy football talk, maybe to start the show like we did this week as well. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Hoping for a more fun playoff weekend than it looks like on paper. Maybe an, maybe an underdog we don't expect will be able to sneak up there and, and give a good game. 
But hopefully we get a good weekend of football. And we'll be back to talk about what is sure to be a very entertaining Monday night football game and divisional round next week. Congrats. Look to go.